welcome to Carmel Presbyterian Church's podcast channel. Open up a Bible or just listen in. We hope this week's message is a blessing to you. Good morning, everyone. I spent last weekend with my daughter, Avery, at Hume Lake for a father-daughter retreat, which was great. It was a wonderful time with the Lord and with each other, but it's really good to be back with you. It's good to see your faces, even with masks, and see you at home. I can't see you this way, but you can see me, and you can see us on the patio here. It is good to be back. You know, our prayer each week is that we would connect with the Lord, that as you come to God's Word, as we come together, uh, that you would expect to hear from the Lord. And so we're reminding us that Jesus says in John chapter 14 that the, the Spirit of God will teach us all things. And then in John 16, Jesus says that the Spirit of God will guide us into all truth. And then the Apostle Paul reminds us in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, he says that the Spirit will search all things. And so would you join me in a prayer? Holy Spirit, We yield our hearts and minds to you today. Would you have your way with us? Search us, guide us, teach us. Show us, Lord, shape us into your likeness. As we come to your word, have your will and your way with us. In your name we pray, amen. Now, we spent the last few weeks talking about this treasure principle, the difficult subject of money. It is a difficult one. I know firsthand how difficult this topic can be in in my own life and marriage as well. I'm not sure for you. This is generally a hot topic in any family. Uh, Share a story with you. You Married for decades, a man named Paul, he felt ignored by his wife, Liz, for several days. And so eventually he confronted her and he perceived the problem and he said, come on, Liz, admit it. You only married me because my granddad left me $10 million, didn't you? Really boiled over. She, Liz, shot back at him. You are really so silly, Paul. I couldn't care less who left you the $10 million. <laughs> Money is a powerful force. Author Randy Alcorn, yeah, you can explain it to your neighbor if you didn't get it. Uh, author Randy Alcorn says, our approach to money and possessions is central to our spiritual lives. The book of Acts has only one quote from Jesus, not found in the four Gospels, and it's this. It is more blessed to give than to receive. I wonder perhaps Jesus wanting this message to stand out in some way. Perhaps he knew you could be tempted to think, that it's more blessed to hold on to your money and possessions than to share them. So we're going to look at Matthew 6 one last time as we wrap up the series to see what Jesus says about the blessed life of giving. In Matthew 6, 24 that we read today, Jesus says, No one can serve two masters, for he will either hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You know, Jesus' words about money and possessions in this section, verses 19 through 24, it points us to three things that we've been looking at, at least three things. First of all, we talked about our true home, which is heaven, right? Secondly, our true vision that Pastor Luke touched on, having the eyes for the things of God, right? And that today we're talking about our true Lord, Jesus, our true Lord, not money, 
as a false Lord. Now, if you're a follower of Jesus here today or listening at home, you can have the assurance that God is on your side. You need to hear that. God is on your side, but his top priority is not your financial well-being. It's not his, his top priority is for you to be rich. He cares about you. He's on your side. But we're going to find as we hand over our trust to him, our money and possessions, our, our financial security, that transformation into his likeness, that's his top priority, that you would be more like him whether in uh, financial riches on this earth or in poverty, whatever that might be, Lord wants to take care of you. He cares for you. But his top priority is that you'd be shaped into his likeness, that he would be first and you'd be second. That's his priority for us today. Are you ready to hear a word about that, about Jesus being first and us being second? Amen. Now, Jesus spoke more about money than he did on prayer and faith combined. And so it's obviously an important topic to him. And he knows that money, I believe, as he speaks to us today, will shape you into his likeness, how you deal with it. Now, Jesus knows that money is a matter of the heart and that your heart follows your money. We talked about that a few weeks ago. Jesus knows that spending it on yourselves won't bring lasting joy. And the joy that you want so deeply inside, and so Jesus is trying to help you out by reconfiguring the way you see money, the way you spend money, the way you save money, the way that we contend to make money our Lord. Jesus wants to help you find the joy he knows you're looking for, lasting joy. And so Jesus warns about this other false Lord. The word master here in verse 24, no one can serve two masters, is the same word for Lord, Curios. No one can serve two lords. Matthew 6, 24, you cannot serve God and mammon. He gives the, the, the Lord a name, money. Now, in the Greek, this word mammon, which comes from a root word that means to entrust. Now, the way Jesus uses this special word in context, it almost makes mammon sound like a divine power. And within that context, there were many divine powers that were worshipped, these fake gods. And mammon comes across like a divine power, almost like how we would say the almighty dollar, dollar right, in American idiom. The almighty daughter, dollar, the almighty mammon. Jesus is saying, be careful, look out. Be careful what Lord you choose. Eventually, the word mammon came to mean uh, anything in which people put their trust. That's money, possessions, wealth, could be land, resources, anything that brings security in their world. And it was true 2,000 years ago. It's true today. We look to mammon to provide a sense of security. Of course, we all do. It also provides a sense of significance as well. And we can become our God if we're not careful. A Lord, a false Lord. And then C.S. Lewis gives us good instruction here. C.S. Lewis says, aim at heaven and you will get earth thrown in. Aim at earth and you will get neither. <laughs> Jesus wants us to rethink our aim. <laughs> rethink how we see money. Rethink how we store money. Rethink how we spend money. Rethink how we tend to serve money. Aim at heaven, you'll get earth thrown in. Aim at earth and you will get neither. 
Good word. In 2010, the uh, New Yorker magazine summarized the findings of an earlier study published in the Journal of Personality and Social Psychology. The researchers assembled three groups of people. They had major lottery winners, one group, paralyzed accident victims in the second group, and a control group of random individuals. And then they asked them a battery of questions about their present, their past, their future, all about happiness. And here's what the researchers found. The lottery group rated winning as a highly positive experience, and the accident group ranked victimhood as a negative one, of course. And so clearly the winners realized that they had been fortunate. But this only made the subsequent results more puzzling. Shockingly, the lottery winners took significantly less pleasure in daily activities, basically in living their life, including buying clothes, just normal everyday stuff. The lottery winners took significantly less pleasure in daily activities like that than the members of the other two groups. The lottery winners, who are far wealthier than the others, were no happier than the random control group either. And both the control group and the paraplegic and quadriplegic accident victims, they actually expressed more happiness in undertaking life's daily activities. More than the rich. Unbelievable. Research continues to show that it's not money that determines your happiness. You know, Jesus says early in verse 21, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Jesus says your heart follows your money. And so he instructs us, make sure you invest your money in the things of the Lord. Aim at heaven, right? Invest in the things of the Lord. Aim at heaven so that money doesn't become your Lord. Don't allow money to lord over you. There's only one Lord worth treasuring. If you treasure your earthly treasures, they will disappoint you. And Jesus has your best interest in mind. He doesn't want you to be disappointed. He wants you to have a joy that is everlasting. Aim at heaven. Aim at Jesus. Jesus is imploring us to see that he has our best interest in mind. He doesn't want us to leave this earth with worthless money, right? All that money in your pocket going to heaven is not going to be worth anything. He wants you to invest in heavenly things that will last forever. Our bank accounts, our our retirement accounts won't be worth anything when we see him face to face. So use it wisely. Matthew 6, 24, Jesus says, no one can serve two masters. No one can serve two lords. It's either Jesus or your possessions. Now, money isn't bad in itself, but when you put your trust in it more than God, it becomes your true Lord. And so he asks us a simple question, but important one. Are you willing to give up your money so that you can hold on to your true Lord? What are you willing to do? Are you ready to say, Jesus, you're first? I'm second. When um, singer, songwriter, performer Tori Kelly was eliminated from American Idol, there's a picture there on your screen. You know, her identity was wrapped up in being a singer. She was told repeatedly that she wasn't good enough or outgoing enough or pretty enough. So eventually she had to decide as a Christian, who was her true Lord? Was it the money? Was it success? Was it the fulfillment that she dreamt of? Or was it Jesus? 
Every one of us, you don't have to be a famous singer. Every one of us have to ask ourselves that same question. Who will be my true Lord? She prayed to God. She handed over her insecurity, all of her fears. She handed over her music, the very gift that God had given her. And she trusted the Lord for whatever the outcome. And in time, her music career took off. She, she sells out concerts now, pre-COVID for sure. And yet she continues to hand her success over to the Lord. She even won a Grammy. And she says, Lord, this all belongs to you. You're first. I'm second. I want you to hear Tori share a little bit about how she puts Christ first in her life. Check out her story. Philippians 3, verse 7 and 8 says, All these things I consider as loss compared to knowing Jesus Christ. I don't believe that every single day wholeheartedly, but that I think is the goal, is to really look at my life and be like, okay, if all of this went away, would I still be okay with just Jesus and all of the things that he offers? And and I, I would say yes, I, I would be okay because he's just, he's everything. Through Christ, I can just be myself and just be surrounded by his love. I'm Tori Kelly and I am second. I encourage you when you go home, look her up, look up her music. She's a wonderful gospel singer, but also a mainstream singer who millions follow. But guess what? She had to lay down even the very gifts, all of her things that she treasured. Jesus, you're first. I'm second. Jesus reminds us, no one can serve two masters. He's basically saying there can only be one king in your life, and who will it be? He must be first. I must be second. See, we can trust and serve money, or we can trust and serve God, but we cannot do both. Jesus is making the case that if you don't put him first, then your default, Lord, will be money or success or control or possessions or your savings, your investments, but not him. You cannot serve two masters, two lords. And Jesus wants you to find true life. And so he wants you to aim at heaven, aim at himself. He wants you to store up heavenly treasures that will never fade away, not play money. They'll be worthless in your pockets and your bank accounts when you see him face to face. But we keep believing these false narratives that say money can satisfy. But it's never, never enough. You know, Arnold Schwarzenegger once said, money doesn't make you any happier. Great wisdom from the governor, right? He says, when I reached $50 million, I realized I was just as happy when I had $48 million. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, governor. He's worth about $400 million now, though after the divorce, I'm not really sure. But he's probably a little bit happier, right? I was just as happy at $48 million as 50. Great wisdom. How much is enough? Oh, it's always just a little bit more, right? It's always, no matter if you're the poorest of the poor, the richer of the rich, it's always just a little bit more. It's never enough. Ecclesiastes 5.10, that whole section is a wonderful section to focus on this Thanksgiving. It warns us, it says, he who loves money will not be satisfied with money, nor he who loves wealth with his income. This also is vanity. We are reminded, aim at heaven, <laughs> Amen, heaven. 
Don't aim at earth. Mammon is a Lord that will never satisfy, will always demand more, will always be just a little bit more. Always. So you must choose a Lord that you'll serve. Jesus says, no one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he'll be devoted to one and despise the other. Jesus is asking us to choose our devotion. Money is powerful. It will shape you. And Jesus cares so deeply about the way that you are shaped into his likeness. Choose the Lord that you will serve. Jesus is asking us, will you choose me today? You know, just a few years ago in 2017, Burger King opened its first restaurant in Belgium, of all places. They did it by launching an online publicity campaign that asked users, who's the king? And the ad used a cartoon version of the real Belgian king, King Philippe, and the fictional Burger King, and the animated advertisement noting that King Philippe was crowned in 2013, announces the brand's launch in Belgium, and it asks, with this ad, Two kings, one crown, who will rule? Vote now. And so anyone clicking to vote for the 57-year-old monarch at that time then would face a series of questions like, are you sure? Are you sure? (laughs) He won't cook you fries. Are you sure? Well, the Belgian royal family was not very happy about this advertisement (laughs) at all. However, the royal family does agree with Burger King on this one point. There can only be one king. You can only serve one master. Burger King took their lead from the Bible. Choose wisely. Who will be your king? A couple of weeks ago, I shared from 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 15, a wonderful section of scripture. It's this idea that biblical giving, if you remember, is joyful giving. Biblical giving is a response to a greater gift that you've received. That biblical giving is not about guilt, but rather gratitude. And how important that is to remember in the season of COVID, right? The numbers are increasing. Uh, Just thinking about Thanksgiving made me sad (laughs) of the family that I wouldn't see, the family that you won't see. Uh, It's been tough for all of us, our mental health, businesses, some of us own businesses or know friends or people who are landlords or not getting rent. This is a difficult time. And I took some time away last week, and I went to Hume Lake, and your staff is grateful that you give us time away so we can recharge. This has been a hard time on, on you and your staff here as well. And so Avery and I went to Hume Lake, and we had a great time last week, and I put some pictures on the screen, and Avery and, and I uh, had this great time just going through the, the, the lake and hearing Uh, time at a conference. And one of the things that Avery wanted to do while we were there, she wanted to go find a rock, a very special rock. And I talked about in my recent sermon, uh, my testimony, which I share often. And when I was 16, I went to Hume Lake and I was a sad and depressed teenager who went to church, but didn't feel the love of Jesus very much in my life. And so I went there and on this uh, one day at Hume Lake, the speaker said to go find a, find a place and pray to God for an hour, which I'd never done before really, even though I was a church kid. So I sat on this rock outside my dorms and God talked to me and he changed my life and he filled me with the joy and I, I can't even explain it to this day, but Avery said, I want to go find that rock where God spoke to you. And I had never for whatever reason, in 34 years since that time, I never went and found that rock. And so we went together and we found the rock. <laughs> That's the rock there. We found it. And we uh, 
said a prayer and took some pictures. We found some wood and put my name on. We were trying to figure out how to mark the moment, right? Just to remember that God's real. Remember for me at least that I need to be a witness to the reality of what God has done in my life. It may not be your story, but it's my story. I'm just a witness that God is real, that, that I clung to him, that everything else I was clinging to, as any 16-year-old could do, whatever that would be, I, I handed over to Jesus and basically said, you're first, I have to be second. I can't keep living this life this way. And we, and we wanted to mark that moment have first place in my life and still years later, every day, guess what I'm still doing every day? Jesus, you got to be first today. I don't, I'm not getting resaved every day, right? You, you understand that. You don't get resaved every day, but every day it's, you are the king. You're first. I'm second. This money doesn't even belong to me. Everything I have is from you. My family, my education, my network, if I have any ability to speak, do you know I used to be like super shy and I would never speak in public? I mean, it was, it was that moment, Hume Lake. Something happened after that. Isn't that incredible? That, that's, that's God doing that. That's not me. God. That's the Lord. I was sad and depressed and ready to be done with life. And then God decides to do something else. I'm just living a life of gratitude. None of it belongs to me. And we just wanted to mark that moment and to remind me, he's first, I'm second. Tori Kelly quoted Philippians 3, 7, but whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Oh, because of him, because he's a true king. As I bow down to him, as I hold on, very loosely to these things that I think are mine. He takes them and turns them into something good. See, everything in your life that seems valuable doesn't compare to what Christ is offering. And so Jesus reminds us, you only can serve one master, one Lord. Choose wisely. Christ is offering himself. And he's saying, if you hand over your things to me today, I promise you, you will have a better life. C.S. Lewis says, aim at heaven, and you'll get both. Oh, I want to have a life of both by putting Jesus first. The good news is when you hand over your things to him, your money, your possessions, your mammon, these other lords, he often gives them back to you in better shape. I'm not saying you'll be richer in your bank account. I'm saying you will be richer in life. You'll be richer in joy. be richer in peace for sure. You know, legend has it that John D. Rockefeller, who made billions, was asked how much more money would make a man happy. And of course, he said, just one more dollar, just a little bit more. That Lord will always be begging you for more. It's never enough. Just one more dollar. You cannot serve two masters. So don't let money master over you for it will rob you of true life. Trust Jesus when he says, I have your best interest in mind. Make me number one today. You're not getting resaved if you're already a believer, but if you've never said yes to Jesus, this could be your moment to say, you don't have to have the experience like I've had. You say, Jesus, you are the true king. You are the true son of God. You came, you died for me. You rose again to offer me life. I confess that I have not made you number one. I confess that I've put myself or money, these other lords in place of you. Forgive me. Come into my life. Cleanse me. 
and I choose to follow you. You can pray that for the first time, or guess what, Christian friends, we can recommit our lives today to the one true king who has your best interest in mind, who will never let you down, King Jesus. Would you pray with me? Lord, we thank you that you're real. As we make you our highest treasure, you will not disappoint. And so, Lord, we thank you that we can rest in your grace. It is not about our works. It's not even about our, our money. It's all about us re realizing that we cannot live without you. We need your forgiveness. We need your life. We need your love. We need your hope that you are coming back and you are coming back to make all things new. And you're receiving those who have said yes to you. Yes, to you as Lord. Yes, to you as Savior. Lord, for all who are count ourselves among those saved by your grace through faith, we want to say thank you. And we want to respond with our whole lives. Yes, with our money, with our possessions, with everything that we treasure. As we hand them over to you, into your hands, Lord, they become secure. Lord, we want to aim at heaven and have a life here on earth that honors you. Lord, we worship you, not just in our minds, and not just in our hearts, but with our actions. Lord, help us make a choice this week that honors you with all that we treasure. And it's in your name that we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening. For more information about Carmel Presbyterian Church, visit our website at www.carmelpres.org or any of our social media pages. Have a blessed rest of your week.